Welcome to episode 31 of Rant and Rave Wrestling. Today we discuss Sami Zayn being stripped of the IC belt, the brand-to-brand invitation rule, and backstage heat on Roman Reigns before we get to our main event, Rant and Rave Wrestling, where we tell you what we thought was the best and the worst between AEW, NXT, Raw, and SmackDown to decide which show was best this week. As usual, I am joined by the Double R Superstar, the man of all of our dreams, Roy the Roy Rowe. First we're going to Roy, then we're going to row, then we let it pop, go, let it go. What Roy going to give it to you? He going to give it to you. And now the less desirable Blake Short. Check. Ball's fine. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. So before we hop into everything, I know it's kind of uh record on repeat when we do this now, unfortunately, but uh. How was everyone's week? Uh, let's go with uh, Blake this time first. Good. Good like usual. Uh, you know, this is getting harder each week <laughs> until we're, we're completely back to normal, but it seems like we're getting a little closer. I'm excited about that. Although Baltimore County and Baltimore City decided to go a separate way. Still seems like there's light at the end of the tunnel for us. Um, this week, I... Pretty much just did the usual, but I, I hit the track a little bit more, so I'm, I've been exercising. So that's been that's been good for me. I'm actually going to probably do that after the podcast now, since I didn't this morning. One weird thing that I saw, I think it was Monday. I was at the track, and there was like a group of like twelve teenagers because I go to the high school track, and a cop came and removed them from the track. And it's just such an like an odd scene to see like kids being removed from a public area just for hanging out together. Uh, something I'm not really used to seeing, especially around our neighborhoods, because they're not the greatest. So we see people getting in trouble for usual stuff, not just sitting on a track. So that was a little odd. But, uh, yeah, it's been good, man, and uh, I can't complain. And, Roy, how did your week go, buddy? I've had a pretty good week. Something uh, similar to the seven things I did in the last week segment that I've done before. I thought of listing seven things that I learned this week. So one thing for each day of the week on Saturday, Netflix taught me that you'd never apologize for watching black porn. After that, I forgot to do one thing that I learned every day and we got to like Wednesday or Thursday and I couldn't remember back to anything I learned, so I scratched that idea. And I decided to do a new segment called Rant and Rave Reddit. So there's a Reddit thread that you can go to called Confessions, where people confess things anonymously. And you can sort this by the most controversial of all time, the best of all time, and so forth. And so here are a few of the things that I came across when sorting by the top or most controversial of all time. A little bit of it can get maybe a little bit vulgar. So if you're not into that kind of thing, I would fast forward maybe like two minutes. Uh, So we got, I feel really bad coming on my turtle. We We got, as an employer, I'm starting to believe it's wise to be a little racist. This is one of my personal favorites. I frequently masturbate during bowel movements while pretending the British Cottonelle lady is intensely watching me and critiquing my wiping. 
And then the reason that this all ties in, and I have no... I looked into this a little bit, and I'm not trying to make light of the situation or anything. It's definitely a weird situation, and I, I didn't see anything come out of it. But I came across this. This is not very far down on the list. It says, hello, my name is Angela, and I am 21 years old. I am slightly taller than five feet. In 2008, I met Dolph Ziggler. I was 13, I was 13 years old. I was slim and fit for my age. I looked my age. Why am I telling you all of this? Dolph Ziggler fucked me when I was 13. Oh. Well, okay then. I was not prepared for that when I set out on this journey. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I tried. I did like a quick Google. I didn't see any accusations (laughs) or anything like that. This obviously was just an anonymous thing. This person had deleted their account. I have no idea, but it certainly shocked me, and I needed to share it with you guys. Yeah. Uh, beyond beyond that, because I like I said, I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't <laughs> fucking know. But beyond that, um, I found out that there is a new Paper Mario game coming out in July, which I am cautiously optimistic for. Paper Mario on the GameCube being easily my second favorite game and in contention for first of all time. So I'm really excited for the next Paper Mario, even though they haven't been that great lately. And I almost called you at about 3 o'clock in the morning, Greg, when I found out that uh, Scream 5 is being worked on. Is it actually being worked on this time? Yes. Oh, my God. So So I am extremely excited for that. Speaking of things being worked on and excited about... I also saw that Disney Plus is doing a Kingdom Hearts uh, series. That's interesting. That I found that very interesting. So now I've got multiple things to look forward to. Yeah, I came across an interview of, I don't know, is it Neve or Nev Campbell? You know, I've always wondered the same thing because I've heard both. I've always said so, uh, yeah. Nev Campbell. All right. She was doing an interview about how she was kind of reluctant to do a five without Wes Craven, but she felt like the only way she would do it is if they were going to be really respectful to him. And I guess whatever she read, she enjoyed because she seems to be on board. So I wonder who exactly is doing it because the last thing that I saw was that David Arquette was actually the one writing it. That would be, I think that would be pretty cool. I And that's what I thought too, because why not take, a character that's been in it the whole time who knows what's right. going on and have them write it. So I thought that was pretty cool, but that was like the last thing I saw. And this was like last year sometime, but I had, I had constantly seen rumors about scream five because they had originally said if four did good, they were doing a five and a six to close out. They the were series. Going to get a whole tri- another trilogy. Right. And then I thought four did really well. I thought four was one of the best ones. Wow. So I, I really did. Um, I don't even know where you can go from there. I don't think there's a lot of compelling story left to tell. Right. But I'm also I'm just, I do feel like I'm being pretty selfish in it, and I just you can just make them forever, and I'll keep watching them. Absolutely. Um. So I gave you part of my week. I was very excited to find that they were talking about a Kingdom Hearts series. Um. Probably one of my top three franchises in video games right now. Um, other than that, uh, we 
as Blake was saying with the whole slowly moving forward, um, we are based out of Maryland. Our governor has basically told us that we can start to move into phase one of like four of reopening the state. And Except we're getting safe, brother. <laughs> um, oh, God. Now something else popped in my head. For um, those that don't understand the reference, his last name is Hogan, by the way. Yeah. Um, Hogan, brother. So, uh, but he also gave each county in the state their own, uh, to open at their own discretion. And our county being third in the whole state with the most cases, uh, our representative decided that we are not ready to move forward with that. Um, so that's why there was people, uh, cause a lot of people can be outside. That's why Blake had these teenagers that he saw being told they needed to break up their little gathering. It sucks. Um, we did the sneaky thing and went and spent mother's day at Kim's grandmother's. Um, we kept it under 10 people, but, uh, apparently we weren't supposed to do that. Whatever. Uh, other than that work, um, Thursday we did WWE trivia, um, where honestly I'm very surprised it was as close as it was because there was questions in there that I couldn't tell you have the shit to like back to like the sixties or something. And Roy got them. Um, we ended up Roy was ahead 32 to 31. And I thought for sure the final question Roy was going to kick my ass because this guy is the best at recalling anything wrestling for the most part. And the last question was, how many general managers has there been on SmackDown? And the person who named the most got it. I, I was just pulling some names out of my ass. I don't, uh, to be honest with you, a couple of them I remembered. Some of them I was like, maybe they've been. Um, I ended up being wrong on them. I said like AJ Lee, Vince McMahon, and someone else. I'm surprised Roy didn't get 90% of them. I ended up winning on the last question. I honestly, I would give the win to Roy because I feel like the final question was, it was just easy to pull names out of a hat, to be honest with you. Um, there's been so many general managers of SmackDown. So I, I honestly, if we're going round around, I'm giving Roy this win. He kicked its ass. I, I honestly don't even know how I was as close as I was. No, you don't give him this. I'm win. giving him the win. We don't because, give out wins. Because I'm admitting right now. I have now, so many people guess, to thank for this. I um, guessed on that last question a hell Antonio of a lot. For playing the trivia with us, too. Um, I want to thank Colby for getting every answer wrong, making it easier for me Andrew to achieve this to every question. Uh, he, one of the questions was to name the people who have won the World Heavyweight Championship eight times. One of his answers was Charlotte. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was fantastic. Um, Holy! Yeah. Can I just say I fucking hate losing? That's something I've really come to learn about myself. I cannot stand it. So it was not fun for me to lose. So I appreciate you giving me my win back, Greg. And I, humble as I am, I will take it. <laughs> it's not but a damn, problem. So on the and on the one, the one where he got me was. Apparently, the fucking authority counted as general managers. Interesting. Okay. I wouldn't have thought that, and he did, and uh, that's that's how he ended up getting the win, fucker. Yeah, I think I had, like, one more than what you did. And... Yeah, it, well, the authority, I think, was the difference maker. 
You know, this isn't the first time Roy's lost trivia. Wow. But we won't go down that road. Anyway, so I want trivia too. Some some I of the questions that went eventually. He did. He did. Some of the questions were were very easy. Like like uh, it, to a point to where like if you if you watched wrestling for at least a year, you've probably heard all of the answers. And one of the questions was um Chris Jericho was the first blank champion ever. Fill in the blank. Colby wrote what did, Hardcore. did he say? Nine states. <laughs> he, yeah, he wrote US champion. <laughs> then one of the questions uh it was I forget what the exact question was, but the answer was Chris Jericho, and this man said Randy Orton. He needs to be stripped of his top fan status from Jericho's page right now. It's it's it was bad, bud. It was bad. There was um, also at, a really open-ended question of what belt has John Cena not won? And I went yeah. with I went with women's and I got sure. the point. I got the point. Yeah. Antonio Antonio went with cruiserweight. And somebody was said something like that wasn't around at the time or something. That was and Antonio was like, "Do I get a do I get a point because he never won this belt?" And nobody fucking spoke up. Oh. And I knew I knew that if I didn't say anything, nobody was going to. I turned the phone away from my face and was cracking up. And I'm just looking at Antonio, and he's looking at me like, "What the fuck?" And then they just moved on to the next question. <laughs> didn't give him the point for it. Wow. I, honestly, I didn't even I didn't even say anything because I left that up to Kim. I was like, that's, I'm just gonna sit here and let her decide. Is, and she just true. moved he on to the next question. <laughs> but I thought it was hilarious that Roy went women's. I'm like, well, he's not wrong. So y'all gave Roy a point for women's, so not him for cruiserweight. And just wouldn't acknowledge him when he asked about it. Wow. This game seems very rigged. Kim was running it, Greg won. All right, let's just not talk like, about that. Just like the last trivia. Talking shit. Not about <laughs> this said, one. They said, because uh, I text Kim to get in on the on one of the trivias, and she was, I said, how does it work? Like, are we splitting into teams? She said, the only team is me and Greg. <laughs> what? All right, to be <laughs> fair, that's it, was the the trivia, it was the office trivia, and Kim literally answered every question before I could even tell her what I thought the answer was. So I was basically just sitting there watching her play trivia. That's what they all say. All right. So let's get some news this week. Um, we're going to start it off with Sami Zayn being stripped of the IC belt and it being put on the line in a tournament, uh, which we'll get to another part of the tournament that is a little odd. Um, so anyway, uh, Sami Zayn, like many other wrestlers, was giving the opportunity to stay at home while the quarantine, the pandemic, however you want to put it, was going on. And like most, he decided it was safer for him to stay at home. And WWE has now said that since he's deciding not to come and wrestle and he's not appearing, that they are taking the belt from him and putting it on the line in a tournament. There is a ton of backstage heat on this um, because they were giving the opportunity to choose whether they wanted to stay home or not. They were told that they would lose no push. They would lose no momentum uh, for, because it's a safety choice. Um, one of the quotes uh, from Ringside News is, even though nobody can say it publicly for obvious reasons, there's a lot of unhappiness that Zane exercised the option that they gave everyone regarding not wrestling if you want to right now. 
I mean, the Intercontinental title doesn't mean that much. We're long past the period of taking titles too seriously, and they can do whatever they want. The tournament will start on 515 SmackDown show, which we did see start last night, which brings me to whether or not it's part of this rule or did we get a brand switch because AJ Styles is in this tournament and he's the only one from Raw in this tournament. Um, I didn't hear them mentioned last night, which brings me into my next part that ties into this with the brand to brand invitation. Um, but as far as before we get to that, as far as Sami Zayn being stripped, how do you guys feel about that? So I think that if they're, if they're giving him any kind of attitude or negativity about the situation, I think that that's wrong. But yes, of course, uh, if my champion <clears throat> is not going to be wrestling for some time, and I don't know when they're back, of course I'm taking the belt back, especially when other people are exercising the same right, and it's difficult to put on a show to begin with. Of course I'm going to want my belt back. I don't see why WWE is the villain for wanting to put the belt back into circulation, and I know that the counter-argument is the other champions, and I say that they shouldn't have done it either. The belt should be on TV. I, I disagree with them taking the belt off of them. understand that the show must go on, but just like in the statement, the Intercontinental belt at this point is not that important. It hasn't been, and there are ways around it. The issue for me is that they're okay with Brock Lesnar having their main belt on a show for, you know, I mean, we've seen him hold that belt for almost a year and defend it maybe five times in that full year and show up to a handful of roles, and that's okay. But when Sami Zayn decides not to come to work during this pandemic, which it seems like we're getting closer to the end of it, so it couldn't have been that much longer until he returned back and they strip him of the title. It also sucks because it's Sami Zayn, and it took him six years to even get this one title. And I don't think we'll ever see him with a title again after this. They can say that there's no hard feelings, blah, 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 but I don't really believe that. I don't think that's how it's going to go down. I don't. True, you couldn't tell me that Sami Zayn's going to come back and he's going to come back to this giant push. I just don't see it. They've already taken his lackeys and paired him with Baron Corbin. I, I just, I think he just, he's not on TV when he comes back. To be honest with you, so I disagree with it. And and we've seen it with the U.S. title. I mean, Andrade got suspended for wellness policy and still kept the title for thirty days. So you mean to tell me it's okay for somebody to get suspended for violating your wellness policy and keep their belt? But this guy is choosing to do something that most people in America are doing right now, which is stay at home during a pandemic, and you stripped him of the belt. The logic doesn't come together for me. So another thing that people are speculating on this side is that WWE has stripped him of the title because he has requested his release. Do you think that there's truth to this? Um, if so, how does that make you feel? I personally, I will say that I can see that this that them wanting their title back for this reason. And I wouldn't be too upset, but if this isn't the case and it is the whole situation of he's just choosing to stay at home because of the situation, they shouldn't be taking it from him after they had put it. They, they specifically said that they were promising not to ruin anybody's push or to, you know, take back any momentum if they decided this. So where do you guys stand as far as if he did ask for his release? 
I don't think that's true, just based off the things that he's posted on Twitter about the Intercontinental title. I feel like if he had requested his release, he wouldn't be doing those things, talking about how it's unfair that he was stripped of the title. And he's kind of he's kind of making it a work, but not a work, if that makes sense, where it's like there's some realism to what he's posting, but it could also be seen as a work because it goes with his character anyway. But no, I don't think that he requests his release. We don't know for sure, so we're just that's speculation. But I don't think so. If he did, then yeah, of course, and that makes sense. If you're gonna, if you're saying you want to leave the company, then yeah, I mean, we got to take the belt from you. But I don't think that's what happened. I don't. I don't think that's part of it either. I, basically, everything Blake said is where I'm at. Okay. All right. So moving on to this new rule that we've been introduced to this week. Uh, wow. Well, I'll say. Hard. Though I will say I wouldn't be surprised if he has started asking for his release now. Yeah, and, that, I, and I agree yeah. with that. All right, so the as Blake just loudly introduced, the wild, wild card role card. has gotten has gotten a name change. I basically, think my phone like skipped out. What were you guys saying just now? Wild card. <laughs> so the wild card rule sounds like it's gotten a name change. Basically, it is now the brand to brand invitation rule, which essentially is the wild card rule where you can be invited to another brand show. Um, this coming week, we have Corbin coming to raw to face uh, McIntyre. Um, and the newest thing that I've noticed uh, was that AJ styles was listed as one of the IC belt competitors in the tournament, being the only superstar from any other brand other than SmackDown to be in this tournament. So, do we think that this is a a brand to brand invitation, or do we think that AJ Styles was moved to SmackDown? So they said uh, that AJ has chosen to come into this, and that he was allowed to because of the invitational rule, and that his motivation is this is the title he needs to have had all of the gold in WWE, and that's why AJ decided to enter it. So let me let me rephrase my question because I, I understand that. Do you think that AJ wins this and this is their way of moving him to SmackDown? Because it felt like they were trying to get him off a of roll to me because I feel like there's nothing left over there for him. I mean, maybe if they swap the belts, I didn't really, I don't really, I didn't really think that that's what we were going for. But I mean, maybe maybe they'll swap the belts. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I could I could see that, you know, if they wanted to move him to SmackDown and, and that's their way of doing it by just having him be the IC champion because I can't see a formula where he wins it and then takes it to Raw. That's just not how it usually works. The United States title's on one show, IC's on the other. I don't think that changes. But as far as just this whole, this whole thing... I hated the wild card rule, and I think a lot of the things that I hated were there was just it wasn't even a rule. It was so thrown together. They first they gave us some information said there'd be like three people at a time. Then like the next night there's like five people, and then it became twenty, and you just it was so all over the place. For the brand invitational, I didn't quite catch what they were saying about it. They had said like, Roy, did you catch what they said? There was like a superstar could come a certain amount of times per year or something like that. Was that what the they were calling. I, didn't, I don't remember hearing any specifics to that. Detail. Cole mentioned something that would make it and frustrating. I it. Uh, uh, 
the 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 main thing is just how often they went back and forth with their own rules already. So this mm-hmm. spe- this specific time wouldn't be as bad if they hadn't botched it so much in the past. And this particular time makes the most sense. And what I really wish that instead of doing this nonsensical thing that they're doing where they try and tie it in so loosely, instead of just saying we're giving our superstars the options to stay at home and to help with that, we're going to have people appearing on all brands. Why not just say that instead of making it this weirdness again? I think it could be fun if they just if they're more a little just a little bit more creative with it, you know, in the way they're setting up some of these matches. Like, I I think it would be cool to like see some of the behind the scenes of why a wrestler wants to come to a show, you know, or them trying to set up a few with somebody on another show. If it's just on a one you know one by one basis slowly, I'm okay with that. I just my fear is it was rumored that it was requested by the networks, and I think we're going to get out of hand again. And we're going to go back to where we were, to where it's just like, we got to the point with the wildcard rule, I didn't even know who was on what brand anymore. And I don't yeah. want to get to that point. All right. And then the last one of the news for this week is going to be the backstage heat on Roman Reigns. So there's multiple reports that Vince McMahon's view on Roman Reigns changes on a daily basis. Um, some episodes of or let me rephrase, it's not episodes, some uh, like flashbacks or replays of different stuff has been, Roman Reigns has been cut out of. Uh, so the Money in the Bank promo, originally he was in that, and then he was cut from that. Um, at one week he was cut from the show opener, and then he was back again. Originally this all started because he had given a time frame of when he, he thought that he was going to return. And a lot of people are saying that he has decided against the said time frame and that Vince McMahon is upset with this. How do you feel about this? Do you think this is going to cause heat between him and Vince? And uh, I mean, I know Roman's a, a top dog, but do you think, do you think this ruins any anything for him? Do you think he decides he doesn't want to be around the company much longer? Where do you think this leads? Because I, like I said, it swaps from day to day, and from what I understand, a lot of people are heated at Vince for it, and Vince isn't backing down on his stance against Roman. Apparently, you can go ahead, Blake. Uh, I mean, look at the end of the day, Roman made a decision that I think was completely okay. I think it was fine. I, I actually kind of commend him for it. I think given the situation and having he just had twins and, and his own personal health, I don't blame him at all. As far as him and Vince, I mean, who knows, man? I Everything that I hear or read about Vince is like he's just, he's all over the place, you know? He, and, and he's older, and that's probably why it happens. So who knows, man? Like, your guess is as good as mine on what happens in the future. If I had this to take a guess, I would say I think things will be fine. Once Roman gets back, it's Roman. He's not going to bury Roman. I think will Roman be thrusted into the main event right away? Maybe not. But eventually Roman will get back to Roman status and everything will be as it was, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't see it as a super big issue. I don't see Roman as somebody who would tolerate that kind of thing, nor would he need to. And I think WWE may be reluctant to let him go, especially with his connections to The Rock. And I think that a lot of the 
staff backstage. I think a lot of the wrestlers would defend him too. I think he'd piss off more than just Roman at that point. So I think there's a lot to lose in punishing such a, a top guy that everybody loves so much backstage for choosing not to want to jeopardize the health of his new of his newborns. I completely agree with you guys on that one. Um, I don't think that he would necessarily be released. Um, like you guys said, I just don't think his his name allows that to happen, especially with what's out there for him to go to, if that's the case. Um, and, I mean, heck, if he does, if they something like that, I don't know that Roman would continue to wrestle. He's been making a career with acting, so he could he could go to that. Um, so, I mean, the guy's not going to hurt if they let him go, but I don't think that's happening. He's got too big of a name. He's been their their top guy since essentially since Cena's left. So I don't see them, uh, I don't see them getting rid of him anytime soon. Um, I just think it's a shitty situation, especially with the fact that the. I have no idea. Um, I think it was from anybody's audio just go weird. Yeah, for a second. Go ahead, Greg. Continue what you were saying. But I, like I said, he's been the top dog since Cena left. I don't see them getting rid of him anytime soon. Um, but I do, I do agree that it's shitty that uh, Vince is going to be back and forth with this, especially since he just beat cancer, just had newborns. Um, the guy's not going to compromise himself, especially after who was it? Uh, was it um, Miz showed up sick? So that's what essentially made him go. All right, I need to, I need to not take any risk at all here. Um, so I, I get it. He he doesn't want to take a chance. Um, but could you imagine? The- could you imagine Roman Reigns in AEW? That would be the weirdest thing to me. I don't know about you guys, and I, and I'm not saying this would happen at all. WWE is not going to take a cash cow like Roman Reigns and just let him go. And I do think if if Roman moved on, it would be into movies just like Rock. But could you guys even picture Roman Reigns in AEW? Not not just that. Can you picture Seth being the only one of the Shield left in WWE? The Monday that Night Messiah. Even more weird to me. Um, but let's move on. Let's get to the part of the show that we all love and enjoy, and that is the rant and rave. So this week, the rotation is going to be Gerb. And I know Blake always needs us to repeat it so he understands. That's Gerb. Thanks. So I will... I will start us off with my first rant of the week. My first rant of the week is going to go to I can go to one of the shows, and it's all the same thing for me. I'm going to go to Raw with Shayna versus Natalia. Um, this match- what is happening right now? Yeah, I don't want to cut you off, Greg, but is are you guys getting the same issues as me? Like, I'm not even hearing it. Somebody's opening, like, a can. (laughs) It's not that. It's just constantly skipping. Only every other word is making it through. Well, on my end, it sounded like a bunch of movement going on. I don't know. Um, You got to love Skype. So, again, my first rant is going to go to Shayna versus Natalia. This was super boring. I... I almost want to just give it to Shayna alone. I can't I can't get behind her anymore. Anything she does, I'm completely uninterested in the second I see her. Uh, then you put her in a match against Natalia, which obviously to me comes off as a squash. Um, I, I just, this match this week, 
It didn't make sense to me. I didn't enjoy it. There was nothing that you could have done in this match to make me enjoy it. I thought it was stupid, and I'm going to leave it at that. That's fair. There's nothing that they could have done. Nothing. That doesn't sound very fair. I think that they put on a pretty good match. I didn't feel the same way as Greg. I wasn't as bored as him. I enjoyed uh, that it was kind of like Natalia was a little bit a little bit smarter. She's been wrestling a little longer. She knows some of the tricks. But Shayna just completely overpowered her at every turn. Um, but Greg, women's wrestling. My number one rant is going to go to Edge and Randy Orton and their second match. A wrestling match. I have not been for this since the beginning. The Edge and Orton thing is just constantly... It feels so hypocritical all of the time. It doesn't make sense to me. I thought the match at WrestleMania was pretty boring. And now I have to watch them in a wrestling match. Or at least I think so. I, I don't think Edge... Did Edge answer? He looked pretty scared to, to be a wrestler. Edge didn't answer, but then SmackDown was like, at Backlash, Edge and Orton in a wrestling match. Edge never yeah, agreed to that. I know. Edge is not very... Edge is losing... I mean, I still love him, of course, but that interest has faded so fast because I'm like, great, we're just doing Orton again. And it wasn't fun for me the first time. Yeah, they didn't make it fun this time either. They did the typical swerve thing that they do... It's just like, yeah, I I respect you. You know what? No, I'm coming back to this ring to talk to you some more. I want a wrestling match, Edge. I I don't know. It it didn't do anything for me, and and I wish it did because I really enjoy Edge being back and I enjoy Orton, but it's, it just isn't really working for me. Does Edge just leave after the Orton feud? I hope not. I hope not. Honestly, this whole. And that's how big of an Edge fan I am. I couldn't get behind this segment like you guys said. At first, the way that it started out and Orton came out, I don't know why I felt this way. Um, I don't know if it was just my own interest in it or if I really did get fooled by WWE. But I had this feeling that they were gonna they were gonna talk about our you know rated RKO again that okay look they uh, Orton saw the drive and edge for being back and he really does want to team up with him because you know he went through all this shit with him just that and whatever the case and I got duped um so I that not only that it just the whole like you said the I respect you and then walking away and then turning back around I'm like all right this is gonna be some dumb shit what the hell what do you mean a wrestling match are you is this going to be on the mat the whole time is that the stipulation or is this just a, a match no it's just a, it's I just a singles match i don't understand why they have to throw certain words into it to make it seem like something more than just a normal because the story match. is that the thing i mean it makes sense it's just yeah. no i get what you're saying i'm talking about adding the wordage to it is like oh what are you you saying you're a better grappler than him you can take the, i don't you yes, know that's exactly he's saying yeah. that he's he's a better wrestler than edge edge only won because he had the environment and these tools at his disposal but he's not as good of a wrestler as randy orton Said and you so were, now you were the better dad a but you're not the better wrestler match. edge 
like, all right. The host Triple H a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it it makes the story makes sense. It just it's not interesting. It's, it's not interesting. My number one rant's going to NXT, and they took someone that I enjoyed on their women's roster and made me despise her immediately. And it's going to go to Rhea Ripley. And her quote that I'm going to read to you guys. Yeah, Io Shirai put up a good fight. But at the end of the day, she couldn't get the job done. This is coming from the woman who flat out lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania. Meanwhile, Io Shirai was hit with a kendo stick and got a DQ win. So this promo doesn't make any sense. Because you literally lost to the woman. And so, you like, did not. This is the kind of thing that really... I'm so happy you brought this up. It really blows my mind because these are actual people. Ripley is a real-life person. There's a cameraman there that I'm assuming is a real-life person, and I'm assuming it was a real-life person that wrote this down. And at no point did anybody say, wait a second, and bring up exactly what you brought up. It, it blows my mind. It makes Rhea look really stupid to me because now it's like she's like, that's my NXT title, blah, 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 blah. No, you lost. Uh, I don't want to see you and Charlotte again. I'd rather see you and Shirai with the belt. Unfortunately, I'm worried that the direction is that she beats you and Shirai now. You and Shirai is completely eliminated from the picture, and then I have to see Rio and Charlotte again. They didn't do anything for me here other than not give you any favors and just give me Rio and Charlotte all over again. So... This promo really topped it off for me when she said that because I'm just like, you sound so stupid right now and like almost uneducated because it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> all right. So on to the raves. My first rave is going to go to Raw. And it's going to be the Viking Raiders. And... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Blake. Um, it's going to be basketball. A little bit here. I it's, think he wanted that one. <laughs> it's going to be the basketball game. So we've. I. I. It, I don't know what they're doing with the Viking Raiders. I don't understand this. Um, one week they're in a car rhyming every word they possibly can and eating turkey legs. The next week they're back to being this dominant tag team. Um. And talking about how uh, they, they, I don't know, they can't be beaten anymore, this and that, whatever the case. I don't really understand what the whole case is with them and the Street Profits. And then they go into this basketball game where they're basically saying, anything you guys can do, we can do better. And initially I'm like, all right, what, what the fuck is going on? My initial thought is literally, why in the world is this even happening? And then we get the game. And it starts off with Dawkins checking the ball with Ivar. Or no, yeah. yeah. And, and he goes, ball's fine, and throws it back. He said, no, check. Ball's fine. Throws it back. <laughs> and he was like, oh, we were supposed to get the ball that time. Um, at one point, he goes, he goes for a layup, and Dawkins just smacks the ball away from him like it was nothing. They're getting circles ran around them. And I'm like, all right, there's there's some hilarity to this. And then at the very end, Eric makes a basket and they're jumping up and down. We won. We won. He's like, man, look at the board. So he's like, we let you win. And I'm like, okay, this is a stupid thing. They're going to be like, oh, we let you win. And then they're just going to end it. 
So he gives the ball back to Ibar, and Ibar is making every freaking three-point possible. And you're like, oh, shit. Maybe they were actually better than them, and they really did let them win. I don't know what the whole goal with this is, but I enjoyed this segment this week. Next week, I'm probably going to be pissed off again. But this week, it went over well for me. So clearly, they're trying to add some character to this group. And I think they went about it the wrong way with the car karaoke. I didn't like that because there was just like no rhyme or reason. It was just they went from these guys who were just tough Vikings and they win all their matches to singing karaoke in the car. And it didn't give us any like reason or any change behind it. This one made a lot more sense because clearly they had this rivalry with Street Profits. And basically it told Street Profits like, we can beat you in anything. Like we beat you every time we face you in a tag team match, which they have. And of course the Street Profits pick basketball. Cause they're like, there's no way these guys could be any good at basketball. And I think this was a fun way to build to their character again. This made a little bit more sense to me. And I really enjoyed it. My man said, I knew white men couldn't jump. I didn't know about Vikings. I like when he tried to throw him an alley-oop and he threw the ball so high in the air that he hit the ceiling. <laughs> Very fun segment. What do you got, Roy? Uh, I forgot it was my turn. But my next, my number one rave, of course, is going to go to Becky Lynch and the baby announcements. Uh, this, it was one of those moments where you really, or at least I felt really connected with the wrestlers. I mean, we watch them every week for how long. We've known so many of them for how long. And we, we've seen, like, so many times. Like, as soon as she came out, it just it didn't feel right. And she got in the ring. You can see the emotion on her face. You know right away this is real. And we've seen it so many times, I thought for sure that she was injured. And um, I want to say this also makes complete sense. I, I, I really love the the answer was here all along when they said Becky Lynch is going to confront the champion. And we thought that, or the winner of Money in the Bank, and we thought that it was a mistake on their part. But the plan all along was that that person was winning the championship. So it makes complete sense there, but I really thought that she was going to announce some kind of injury. So at the very end, the whole buildup is she tells Oscar, she says, while you're happy, I may be happier. And I'm like, well, that's fucking stupid. Why would you be happier that she's the champion than she is to be the champion? And she said, I'm going to be a mother. And I was like, what the hell? It completely like shocked me. And I was just, I'm so happy for her and Seth. I've really enjoyed all the like tweets and everything that they keep showing where everybody's like giving them all this love and support. It was just a really good, a really feel good moment for me. So for this one, and I think I can speak to Blake as well. Uh, we were, we were playing some call of duty and Blake was like, well, you know, got that ruined for me. And I we had talked about like what had happened without going into detail, basically. And he saw that, you know, Oscar had the belt and we were like, well, what the hell? Like, wh- why would they do this? Whatever the case. Then we both watched it and we talked about it again because we didn't know what was going on originally. And our original thoughts was like, that was dumb as shit. Like, it makes no sense. What did she come out and just Becky's relinquishing the belt and she just came out and was like, oh, I'm going to cash in my money in the bank and take it. Like, that's not how it works. And then when we watched it, we're like, OK, this makes a lot more sense. That was a very clever way to do it by saying, you know, 
the belt was in there the whole time. You didn't win the briefcase, like the money in the bank, like, you know, a typical person. You actually won the belt that night. Um, and she just didn't know it. And to, to go as far as like Becky brings the, the briefcase out and Oscar's pissed off that she has her briefcase. And then to explain to her, like, there's a combination on here that only I know she puts in the combo and the belt falls out. And then on top of that, just the feel good moment between the fact that these two had a pretty decent feud against each other. Uh, we may not have been too happy about it just because it was it was in the mix of of Asuka and Kyrie being tag team champions. But at the end of the day, it was a pretty good feud. Like they put on pretty good matches. So for her for her to be the one that she gives the belt to, I thought was very cool. Um I'm very glad that it that Shayna didn't win it now because I'd have been pretty pissed off if Shayna was just handed the belt in that fashion. Um, and then, you know, she goes from being pissed off to being happy. She's got the belt, but then she she almost got even happier when she found out that Becky was going to be a mom. She's going to be a mother. She, she starts <laughs> chanting Becky's name and everything, and it it turned into a really feel good moment. Yeah, I I like the the route they went with it. I, unfortunately, I didn't get the same effect that Roy did because it was spoiled, which kind of sucks. But I understand why it was spoiled because it was such a big moment. And at first, I was like, man, this sucks. Like, they just ruined the money in the bank again because this is the second year in a row where we don't really have a women's money in the bank winner that's going to be carrying the briefcase. But when I saw the way that it went down, I think it was done very well. The only thing that I wonder is Asuka had to be carrying that briefcase and wonder why the hell it was so heavy. She, how many papers did she think was in that briefcase? Maybe she thought it had the same stuff as Otis, you know, a sausage, <laughs> some gas axe. I, I like what he's doing with the briefcase. If you want to bring a Bratsworks, you know what I mean? Like, go ahead, man. Um, my number one rate for this week is also going to go to Raw, and I think this is the first time this has ever happened for Raw. I'm going to give it to the whole... Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins thing through the night. I'm going to start with Rey Mysterio congratulating Seth Rollins on his baby. And Seth is just, he's got this blank stare. I've never seen someone pull this off so well other than, I'd say, it reminded me of Neville when he lost his Cruiserweight Championship. And he had that just pale, dead look in his face. That's what it reminded me of. Seth played this so well. And Rey congratulates him and he just, he doesn't say anything. He's got this blank ass stare and Ray Mysterio goes what a dick I'm not a huge Ray Mysterio fan I enjoyed that I thought that was well played because it's that was like a dick move you know he's congratulating this is a big moment it's like congratulations on being a father Seth Seth doesn't say fucking word to him I like that then we get later in the night and Seth just snaps I don't know why Ray decided to kick this man it was a bad call he should have left him alone he wasn't even participating in the match and Seth went off, and Ray, you weren't lying. You did only have days left, buddy, because that man was trying to murder you. So as as far as him pulling this off real well, I completely agree. The fact that the man looked like he hadn't even slept since Money in the Bank, he, you know, he didn't have his hair up like he usually does. It was all over the place. Um, I I was watching it and think, just thinking to myself, like, Holy shit, this is going really well. 
is Seth going to completely rage? At one point, I was expecting Seth to just be like, you know what, I don't even want to be here and just jump off the apron and leave Buddy to himself and just walk out of the arena. Um, I'm very happy in the direction they went. The the uniqueness of shoving a guy's eye into the, the corner of the steps, that was, that was pretty fresh. Um, so, yeah, this whole thing went over pretty well for me, too. All right, back over to the rants. Uh, this one is going to go to SmackDown for me, and it's going to be Dana versus Naomi, and apparently I'm just picking apart women's matches this week. But again, I didn't enjoy the match. Um, it just, I don't know. I Dana still feels like somebody that is just supposed to be there to job, and the fact that this whole... Wow. <laughs> it, it just it still feels that way to me, man, and... I, I get that she's getting momentum and maybe my opinion will change, but this whole, she has Naomi's number thing. doesn't mean much to me because Naomi hasn't done anything since she's come back. Really? She went for the title one time and lost. Um, so having this match and then Dana winning and going, Oh, Dana's building momentum and she has Naomi's number. It's like, that doesn't mean anything to me. She's to me right now. She's beating somebody that doesn't even have anything going for themselves. Um, I just, yeah, again, I couldn't get behind this match either. I think their push of Dana Brooke has been really good. The issue is I don't fucking care about Dana Brooke because you conditioned me that way. How many years is she literally only there to take the pin? So I appreciate what they're doing, but I have not been able to get on board at all. Uh, I I'm not upset with this with this setup and what they did. I understand it. I do think her win, her first win against Naomi, had a much larger effect for me. Uh, I don't know if it was just the stakes or if it's because seeing it a second time just doesn't really always work for me. It's like, all right, I saw it, and there's no like feud behind those two, so there's no reason for me to see it again. And I think what, what Greg said is actually really on point. Naomi's probably like one and four in the past five months since she's came back. She maybe got one win, maybe two. And, and I think WWE has this, this issue a lot where it's just there isn't really anybody at the bottom or in the middle to really help kind of separate themselves. So they're put in this position where they're just basically going off the Naomi name and having Dana beat her and, and, and thinking like everybody would be like, wow, she beat Naomi. But in reality, I haven't really seen anything from Naomi in the past year or two. So it doesn't work as well as it should have. All right. My next rant is going to go to John Moxley over on AEW. It I already really... know what this is about. So, I mean... I'm I'm on and off with Moxley, but I'll stick to just this particular thing. What really bothers me is that Moxley looks up the ramp and Brody is still visible walking away with the championship. And it goes against everything I've ever been taught about John Moxley for him to just watch that man walk away with the belt like that. And I really think he's a bitch for it. I'm really surprised that a wrestler would let somebody else walk out with their title like that. And there was nothing stopping him from going after Brody. So I just, I didn't understand that at all. 
and it really made me feel like Moxley was kind of a chump. It's funny because I remember A AW and Cody kind of acknowledging the whole play on the ropes, and they just can't get them. And I feel they, like we're still getting the same thing. I always think about that, and they did it repeatedly, even that same night. So yeah. it's like I appreciate that you you called that out, but then why are you doing it? <laughs> Obviously, you didn't think it was that bad of an idea because you do it constantly. Yeah. And that, that's all I can think of here. It's like, man, I'd really love to get my title back. But these ropes right here, it's just, I, I can't go past this force if field. If Brody had been, like, out of sight and everything, and maybe that was the original idea, then maybe you – but even then, it just – it would make more sense that Moxley would just run right after him. And then to even let Brody Lee come out there and talk for as long as he did. It, it's uh, an interesting It was very rant. inconsistent. It's definitely one that I don't think we've ever brought up, but – I think with Moxley's character, it doesn't make any sense by him. He should be doing everything it takes to get that belt back and getting his ass kicked for it. Yeah, honestly, he, I thought he's this never man never had any issue running into situations like that. That's yeah. kind of his thing. Yeah, I I thought like if you notice the guy who handed the title back to Brody after the match, it I thought, ten. huh? Ten. No, what? It, it wasn't ten. It was one of the other just uh, members. Ten was in the ring with him. I thought that it was going to be Moxley and he was, you know, going to screw him over. Like he was, he was hiding himself in the group. And then they give me something not so clever with, oh, he just shows up. I don't know why they even stayed in the ring as long as they did, as long as it takes him to walk to the ring from where he was. They could have just left the damn thing before he even got there. So it, the whole Moxley thing to me, just it's, I'm glad he won the title. Um, I was happy for him when he did, but this whole title reign has not gone over well at all, at least for, for me. I haven't been behind him much on this this whole thing at all. I also find it weird that in like early on in the show, maybe mid-show, Moxley's storming into the building. It took a while to get there, right? And then like we don't see him for like an hour and a half. He's still storming out. So did he like storm into the building and then was like, nah, I'll just wait until the main event and I'll relax and then I'll storm back out. Psychologically, there were a lot of holes. My next rant for this week is going to AEW. Sam Jeff. You hyped me up for him to come back for him to face uh, was Shoddy Lee his name. No, no, no. I I need a match from MJF. MJF has not done enough in the ring to put him in the position that he's in. He's had, like Greg had mentioned previously, he does have one big win against Cody, and that is basically it. That is basically all I've seen from MJF since AW has started Dynamite in October. I need bigger wins from MJF. That you know, and I think we get Marcus Sun next week. Okay, you know, I can live with that. We're, we're slowly getting there, and then him and Jungle Boy, we'll see what happens with that. But this was not what I, I tuned in to see. I wanted to see MJF in a decent match, not a squash match. I agree. I, it took a lot of momentum off of MJF for me, and we've talked about that particular type of thing a lot where if somebody kind of gains traction, squash matches sometimes hurt more than help. I think this is a case where it hurt and it just took some of the excitement away. What sucks is I understand why, you know, like I get it. And I do think sometimes they're like, people will just hate him more for this, but like, I don't, 
I don't like the forced hate for a heel. I I like when it when someone's a heel and like I understand their character, but like I'm not annoyed by them. Like that annoyed kind of hate, I don't I don't like that. Like somebody like Jericho, you know, he's a heel. He, he could call me a fucking asshole and I'll laugh. You know, I'm not annoyed by Jericho. I don't like when we try to get when the fans are supposed to be annoyed by somebody. I completely agree with the annoyance part of a heel. Um, I don't get behind them as much. Um, over to Rave again. Um, and a side note, I just realized that for the first time, my top three Raves were all taken in the first round. Um, so my next Rave is going to go to Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. I thought out of dealing with some shitty matches this week, this was probably one of my favorites. Um, I, I'm I'm loving Drew Gulak, guys. He, I, whether he's taking wins or losses, I I'm I'm behind Drew Gulak. Um, I like the whole coaching thing of Daniel Bryan, so that to me that makes the match better because he knows Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan knows Drew. So the the back and forth between these two, the counters, the the groundwork, everything just flows so well together with these two, um, and. I'm not going to go to the levels of Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk, but the way these two work together, I haven't seen Daniel Bryan have this much chemistry with someone in the ring since those matches with CM Punk. Um, So this match was very, very well put on for me. So I want to talk, I want to talk about this one. This was my favorite match of the week. Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. They went out there and they did a, they did a lot more mat and technical wrestling. And we've seen people do that in the past. Most of the time, it is very boring. There was no dead spot in this match for me. Everything felt very calculated. It felt like everything had a purpose. And the main thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the simplicity behind Drew Gulak just not offering his head up for the yes lock. That is one of the coolest things I've seen. And that's the exact kind of thing that I really appreciate and would really love to see more of that. It just it makes it made Drew seem so intelligent to me. Is that he he scouted his opponent, he knew the finisher, and he said, When I'm in this position, he he tucked his chin in as much as he could so that Daniel could not get it in. Now Daniel Bryan is still Daniel Bryan. That's gonna be tough for anybody to beat. And I really didn't feel like Drew lost anything here. I've got two points for this. First is I really enjoyed this match. I do think it was the best match of the week. And I feel your pain of going last this week, Roy, because I'm getting getting a little shunned here on some of my stuff. But I love the unconventional finish, something we've brought up in the past. He finishes with the um, I can't think of the I can't think of the name of the move now. It was a, it was like a leg hook or something like that. It what um, the leg hurt the leg hurty submission. Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll call it. Um, I like that. That was cool. You know, I, I wasn't expecting the match to be over because. You know, we usually see a finisher. This wasn't a common finisher, and that's how it ended, and it made sense because he had been working on the leg. The second point I wanted to make to you guys is, was anybody a little disappointed that Drew Gulak didn't win? I, I was I rooting actually, for Drew. Okay. Yeah, I was rooting However, for Drew. However, I will say the idea of AJ and Daniel in the finals is oh, very for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did I hear Michael Cole refer to the submission you're talking about as the, the Gulak? He was talking about Daniel's. Move. I'm talking about Daniel. Oh, okay, okay. Because I know but Drew did that something. That is the name of Drew's. Okay, yes. 
Okay, I thought we were referring to Drew. I missed something. Okay, yeah, but yeah, okay. Yeah, because he was working on his leg the whole time. Now I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think that's a – we need more of that. You know what? Sometimes we build these matches to where it's like we're just waiting for that finish. It's nice to have something like that where this was a technical wrestling match and it ended with a technical wrestling move that wasn't a common finisher. I thought that was a great way to end it, and it was a great match. I also enjoy matches where we don't go into it immediately going, okay, this is this person's winning. We may have. But in the middle of the match, we're like, okay, maybe, maybe Daniel Bryan's not winning this. Gulak was winning because I know I, Bryan has I honestly did too. put people over. So I thought maybe Gulak would win. So I didn't know who would win this match. My next rate for this week is. Why don't, you, why don't you let Roy go? Oh, shit. My bad. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You guys need to start paying more attention. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next rave is is uh, certainly going to infuriate Blake unless he is going to throw a swerve at me and not be as excited for this particular thing. Uh, Blake, if you want to join me about halfway through when you realize what's happening, I'll I'll allow that since you probably want that moment. But my second rave is going to go to the return of the Iconics. I, I do wish that they had just won the tag titles night one. I'm not into the whole face the champion, and then you got to imagine. So that uh-huh. takes away from it, but I'm not going to let it bother me too much. I'm happy to see the Iconics back here. Yeah, I, I think it could have been done better. Uh, I actually, and, and I think you have a lot going on with this rave. There's some of it that was a rant for me. Uh, I'm not going to bring it up now. Um, on the rant side of things, but basically, like them bringing them back on a moment of bliss didn't feel that great to me. I think we haven't seen them in forever. I, I I would have liked like some sort of surprise return, but it was cool to see them win the match and not just be like, oh, the Iconics are back and they're gonna lose to the tag team champions. However, it probably is just building for them to lose the tag title match, but we'll see. I'm gonna give it a chance. I love the Iconics and I'm glad they're back, so I'm happy overall. Uh, now, since I'm not jumping Roy this time, I believe it is my turn. And my next rave is AEW, and it's going to be the Best Friends and Jurassic Express match. I like what they did here. I love both teams. I love a lot of teams at AEW. Every week I'm like, man, I really like the this team. And I think about AEW and their tag teams, I'm like, holy shit, there's like 10 tag teams that I really enjoy in AEW. And I've never, I've never felt that way about so many teams on one on one, I guess I was going to call it a brand, but, you know, on one show, I'll say. I thought this was fun. I like that there was interference, but it wasn't the typical, like, one side gets interference and it causes the other side to win. There were both sides who were dealing with it. You had Ray Phoenix have an attack, and then you had MJF get involved, which makes sense with his feud going on with Jungle Boy. So I like the way they did that, and I thought the match was pretty good. Yeah, I, uh, I, that was probably one of two matches that I actually enjoyed on AEW this week. Um, I, I like the best friends, man. I've always liked the best. Me friend. too. Um, but the Jurassic, I'm, I'm excited that Jurassic Express is back. I don't have any feelings towards them. Um, wow. I feel like the way I did feel towards Burn them the has been. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like my feelings towards them has been diminished just because uh, Luchasaurus was gone for a while. Jungle Boy was gone for a while. But then even when they were together, I felt like they weren't trying to build towards anything. It felt like they were constantly taking losses. That's that's um, very true. So I, that's the only reason that I feel like I'm losing anything towards them. I still, as of right now, I still enjoy them. I just don't know how much more I can take of them being highlighted and not getting anything done. I think I think at this point, I, I'm not expecting them to be tag team champions or anything like that. I I think I need I need a Luchasaurus singles run soon. I wouldn't mind seeing a, a Jungle Boy singles run. See, Luchasaurus is my favorite. I like Jungle Boy, but Luchasaurus is definitely my favorite. I mean, even when him and Warlow... And instead, like, we all got the Marco Stunt singles run. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, even when they had like him and Wardlow at the end, I'm like, wow, that's something I'd like to see. You know, there, there are some some matchups that they could have with Luchasaurus and AEW that I think would go over really well. All right. Uh, so the final rant for this week for me is going again to be a match. Uh, it's going to be on SmackDown. And is it's it going to be. Match? No. Uh, no, it's not. It's going to be Baron Corbin versus Elias. Um, I don't feel like much even happened in this match. I These two have been feuding for God knows how long now, and you you kind of bring this match to a head by having them wrestle in a tournament that I, I'm not going to say I'm upset that Elias won it, but I don't think that was the right decision. I think this is... I think... To me, this cooled Corbin down. And that sucks because I feel like Corbin's had a ton of momentum. And to have Elias, who's been gone for a while, to come back and beat him and then beat him in the fashion that he did with essentially a roll-up in a tournament makes me feel like uh, Corbin has lost some some momentum from this match, and I, I didn't enjoy that. I have to be completely honest. When they started this match, I had something I needed to do on the laptop, and I went to the computer desk. I had it on the TV. I I didn't give it much of a chance. I've seen it before, and I saw the roll up and Corbin losing, and I just I was disappointed by both of those. So I feel the same way. My last rant for the week is going to go to NXT. Finn Balor, Cameron Grimes, and. Damian Priest. Uh, Finn Balor. I can't they had him loose of that bum, man. Yeah, Finn Balor with a great speech last week. Uh, you know what? I'm tempted to just let Blake talk because I'm so agitated and not passionate, and I clearly see. What, what do you have to say about it, Blake? I just, you know what? To figure out what the hell you're doing with Finn, okay? I this guy is he's a supreme talent. I don't care if Priest hit him in the dick with that thing. He doesn't lose to Cameron Grimes. I agree. You don't have a guy like Finn Balor lose to a guy like Cameron Grimes who's always 50-50 booking. He wins a match, he loses a match. He wins a match, he loses a match. You don't have Finn lay down for a guy like that. That's a big mistake in my opinion. Yeah, I came out of this with all three of them looking like jackasses to me. Yeah, because... Because Damian Priest, and, and don't get me wrong, I I like Damian Priest. I, I think he has talent. But this whole thing where he's like, I'm going to put my name in infamy, but I'm going to end up losing the match in the end anyway. It's like, 
right now your name is infamous for getting a big match and losing, my friend. And I don't think you're going to beat Finn Balor, which is going to look even worse now because he just lost to Cameron Grimes, and then you're going to lose to him. It's like they looked around and they said, let's find all the guys that sometimes win, and then let's have them just sometimes win against each other instead. And, and for someone who really wants to see Finn and Walter, I want to see Finn be dominant. What is happening with the Finn and Walter thing. I think There's that's no... just because of the pandemic and everything. I think Walter is stuck over there. and they That's can't fair. Get... I'm losing but... so much of that excitement over it, though. It sucks. Yeah, I agree with that. Because they're, they're not doing Finn any favors right now. I was so hyped for him after last week. And it's like, I'm Finn Balor and I talk a good game. Then I lose the match. Which yeah. is it fair? Because, I mean, he's A's won some, sure. But it's just... Such a throwaway loss here that it just really, it, I feel like it undoes the work. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, we both felt the same way about Finn last week, and, and this did make it look like he's not as cool as he looked last week. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, it's interference, whatever, but I just, I love wrestling, but I think sometimes we've watched it for so long and we've seen this same routine used where somebody interferes, they call somebody a match. It's just, I don't know. After watching it a million times, like once we get to a millionth and once time, I'm just like, ah, like this again. <laughs> millionth and right. once. Millionth what, was your last, what was your last rant? Maybe I can rant about it for you. <laughs> yes, as I hijacked yours. We've gone over a lot of my rants. You guys have taken a lot of mine. The next one that I have is going to be for Monday Night Raw. And it's just that you guys aren't going to bait me into watching these two tag teams again just by adding MVP and R-Truth. I don't care about Ricochet, Alexander, Think, Bink, Dink, Jink, whatever his name is. Brendan Think and Shane Thorne. I'm done with it. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't think it's doing anything for anybody other than taking up time. And they added our truth into it, who I love, and I'm just like, even with our truth involved, I can't get behind watching these two tag teams. Even with uh, Pretty Ricky, huh? Even with Pretty Ricky. Okay. All right, so to the final round of raves, guys. Uh, my final rave of the week is going to go to AEW, and it's going to be the women's four-way match. Um, I thought... Okay. Go ahead, ring, ring it, it, bitch. I you fucking ring it. There, you gotta say it. You're the host. I don't even remember the damn line now that I'm putting oh on the spot. Oh my god! What's up with this guy? It's ring rant it, versus rave. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So I thought it was a very good match. I thought they highlighted all four women, including Penelope Ford, who I was like, why is she even in this match? Um, I, I felt like everyone was highlighted. Um, I, I, I think it showed the character of Britt Baker that she's, she'd rather destroy somebody than worry about even winning the match at times. And that's why she'd have won. I just, this whole match I thought was, was very well put together. I usually hate four way matches cause it's a lot of the same stuff all over and over and over. And this one, I got to, I got to see some people highlighted that I either haven't seen much of like Penelope Ford or people come back and that I was behind before, like uh, Statlander. So 
it, I just enjoyed this match altogether. I thought it was a very good match for the number one contendership. And I think the person who won is who should have won it. So you're right, Greg. It was a good match. The issue for me is, is that it was the second or third time. Uh, can you guys tell me the name of the winner so that I can pronounce it properly, please? Hikaru Shida. Can I just say Shida? Yeah. Yes. Is that acceptable? Okay. Shida is one of my absolute favorites. I noticed uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe even longer than that, that uh, AEW had started falling into a habit of the same thing with WWE, where the women's division doesn't really blend in uh, to the AEW locker room. It's just its own like isolated segment sometimes. And I feel like a lot of times they throw a lot of them in together just to try and get more of their women on the show. And this was the case at least once, maybe twice, with Sheeta specifically, where we did these, I believe, fatal four-way every time, and she won. I think that I, I was excited for her as number one contender. Uh, when this match started and we had Baker, Statlander, and uh, Penelope in the ring, I, was, I didn't know what the match was. I thought this was a triple threat, and I was so excited. And then Sheeta came out, and I was excited still because I really like her. And I was like, this is literally, I, I realized at her entrance, I said, okay, the only thing that we're doing here is we're just giving her a second fatal four-way win because the Corona stuff happened, I guess, and they didn't get to go immediately into it last time. So they're just redoing exactly what they did. And so I guess the story here is big, loud champion versus woman. that w There's no personality development for her whatsoever. She just wins matches of multiple people and i just really was bothered by the lack of creativity here to to their women's championship match at the pay-per-view and the fact that it's literally just this was the this is what they did before and they were like all right as we get closer to the pay-per-view what do we do let's just do what we did before since it's been a little bit all right so i had the match itself as rape i think your rant makes sense roy and if you had, had basically said this rant separately, I wouldn't have went against it. Because I think it's a little different than what Greg is raving about. He just enjoyed the match. I don't think he's saying that he loves the build or anything like that. And you make some fine points because I don't think Cheetah has much of a character. And I've said that in the past. I think but, the match was... A, the, and I, it's fine for you to vote how you're voting. It's, I know what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. I obviously, you think it's a, it's a rave. But I just think it's stupid because... It literally was exactly what it was already before. And it, you're burying too many of the women to give this one the win. She's, what is it, 11 wins? She didn't need to beat three of the most exciting women on the show right now to get there. And the reason I'm saying this is because you felt like I didn't speak enough to the match itself. And I want to be clear, it's not just about the build. She also buried, not buried, she beat three women who I'm extremely excited of their future for. Just for her to get the fatal four-way win that she already had to be the number one contender that she was already the number one contender for. Much you would have gotten much more out of just a segment or some kind of vignette for this character and say she's facing her. She's got eleven or ten wins at that point. Of course she's facing her. Yeah, I think I think that's there there's nothing wrong with that, and I, I agree with you there. I enjoyed the match though. I do think if they had went a different route and had these three women highlighted with maybe somebody else and you just did a promo for Sheeta in regards to the title, that would have been a better route. 
but I don't want to give this match a rant just for them having Sheeta in it because I do think it was a good match. I didn't come out of it feeling like the other three women looked bad. Uh, Britt was just more engaged with just destroying Statlander for some reason. It was it's like she came in with like a feud with Sheeta, but then it just built into her and Statlander. I thought that was kind of a unique twist. So I enjoyed that part of it as well. And Penelope looked good. They had they did have some spots in this match, as much as I did enjoy it. They could have been a little cleaner, I will say. Not enough to where I didn't enjoy the match, but I did notice a couple of things where it's still they're they're getting better, I think, the AEW women and working together, but there's still some things they need to clean up. But overall I do think this was a rave and I enjoyed the match. So is it my turn for rant now? Okay. For rave. For rave. Yep. That's right, I was arguing that that was a rant. Uh, my last rave, I'm going to go with... I'm going to give it to Shayna Baszler over on Raw for maybe my favorite one-liner of the week, and that was, that kid's going to suck. I was cracking up. I thought that was so hilarious. Um, I love Shayna. I, I have plenty of complaints about some of the things that have happened with her since her call-up. But that was just that was a perfect Shayna moment. That's exactly what I would expect Shayna to say. Everybody's congratulating her and happy for her, and Shayna gets on the microphone and said, "That kid's gonna suck." I I haven't been a huge fan of Shayna and Raw, but this was the right move to just make her just shit all over this pregnancy because <laughs> it just it feels like like that's Shayna. You know what I mean? Like it definitely feels real where she's just like. What an idiot. Like, who would ruin the longest title reign by getting pregnant? Yeah, every all of her comments, I think, were pretty good. She had said something else to Natalia, too, that was kind of shitty that I enjoyed. And I, I didn't write down the quote. But she was on fire with that stuff. Because I was like, wow. Like, she's she's drawing some real heat with some of these <laughs> comments. My final rave of the week is going to SmackDown. And I really enjoyed the tag match to end the show with Otis and Braun and everything that they did to build into it. I, they didn't really tell me what the hell happened to Tucker. <laughs> I, I, and it's okay. You know, I'll, I'll let my imagination wander there a little bit. But I thought it was a unique way to have the briefcase holder and the Universal Champion in the same match. Did I think he was cashing in tonight? No, but it's still kind of neat to see it come together. I think I had fun with the match itself. I liked that Braun did the Caterpillar, although he was very bad. Yeah, it was great, but I loved it. But it was great. It it showed it showed some character for Braun for me just to kind of be like, you know what, fuck it. This guy's got the briefcase, but I'll help him out. I don't like these two loud mouths anyway. I'm going to kick their ass, and he did. He he did all the work in this match. Yeah, Braun looked good. Which he needs, I think. He needs to continue that as him being champion. And and I, I enjoyed it. I like the way they paired them together. I like everything that they did. It sucks to see Miz and Morrison get the loss. But I'm coming to terms with the fact that they may not be tag team champions again. And it's just the route we're headed in right now. All right. So let me just ask the question of who or what show you thought was the best this week, guys. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying it, but they have first time they have never won. 
they have never won and they finished in last almost every time. I think I'm very. Raw, this is the best shot they've ever had at winning. I'm very interested to see. Yeah, I happens. want to see Raw win. I think Raw was the best show this week. All right. So in last place with mentions. Oh, sorry, guys. I apologize. See, I wasn't prepared this week. I'm a complete f up. Go ahead, Blake, with your honorable mentions and rants. All right. So we we went through a lot of mine. The only ones that I have left, and I'll do two. The Tegan Knox and Hanson match again. Trying to save some of these for for honorable mention. It didn't work for me. Um, I like Tegan, but she's not really the one I wanted to see push out of this. It was Dakota and. Instead, I'm getting like some weird tag team with Dakota now. If if they want to end up building them as a tag team to maybe go for the tag belts, I could live with that. But I'd rather see Dakota in a singles run. And the other thing that I have was uh, definitely was only going to be an honorable mention because I love Daniel Bryan. And I've never even ranted about Daniel Bryan because he's fantastic in his promos and his wrestling. But I'm not sure if you guys... Caught this one, and I gave Rhea Flack earlier, so I'm going to give Daniel Bryan the same flack. He said in his promo, I have never gotten another shot at that title. Talking about the Intercontinental title. Daniel, I just watched you at WrestleMania face Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title. The promo started off with him saying that he he had to relinquish the title five years ago because of his injury, and he had never gotten a shot at that title. And I'm like, and and it was weird because during the promo, I think he realized he made a mistake. You could tell he was a little sh- like he, shook he was a little, a little shook bit, up. You don't see that from him exactly. And I, I think he realized it and was like, "Well, shit, there's no turning back from what I just said now." But I was like, "Wow, I've never seen Dana really mess up." So it was, yeah. I wanted to bring that up because it was unique. And I was like, Daniel, I'm like, I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, you never got a shot at the title. I'm like, am I not remembering correctly? And I had to look at it again and be like, yeah, he definitely faced Sami Zayn for the title, WrestleMania. So that's something I don't see very often. So I figured I'd bring it up since I brought up Rhea. What you got, Roy? All right. So I really hate commenting on this kind of stuff, but it was at the very least interesting to me. JR on commentary, there were two things that really stuck out to me. Uh, first of all, during the women's match, he said, all women hate each other. So that was already a little questionable. Then during uh, the performance, there, there's an African-American wrestler. I believe it was Pineapple Pete. And he says, a brother's got to get paid. <laughs> and so I was just really interested in his choice of words a few times throughout the night. Um, and then the only other one I have is, what the fuck is Cody's problem? Running the truck into the guard that he could just walk around. Made no sense. I, I appreciate it was gonna be something so cool, and it was too. something so, so not. He's a sucker for theatrics. Like he loves that kind of stuff. But this one was just so dead. Like you went two feet forward and knocked over a gate that you could have walked around. <laughs> I thought like he was gonna. This is gonna be like a stone cold type entrance where he drives in, he just hits the gate and just hops out. I was like, oh, all right. But that gate wasn't even blocking you, man. You could have hopped it. You could have moved it. Pineapple Pete. We were so excited. It fell so flat. No, I think that's how it should have went. I mean, I, I it made sense. And it, it wasn't a rant, but it wasn't a rave either. Like, I wanted to have so much fun with it. And it was like, it was like two seconds. So I was like, shit. That's true. There could have been some more funny spots. But definitely, uh, I like it. Jericho's got to dominate Pineapple Pete like, at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, it's Chris Jericho, yeah. of course. 
All right. Uh, we'll move over to Raves since I don't have any other rants for this week. Um, let's start with Roy this time on the Raves. Uh, we have a new system now where the last place gets to do honorable mentions first. Um, I don't like that system, and I'm the host this week. Fair enough. All right. So my, <laughs> my, my honorable mention for Raves, I like Jinder's Hero Story promo. Uh, I enjoyed the Inner Circles promo and Murder. I, I enjoy that Otis broke the chair and that towards the end of the segment, somebody fixed it and they called him out on it. They're like, what are you doing? And the guy's just trying to do his job. And he's like, yeah, I mean, that would have helped earlier. Uh, Corey Graves rocking out and just having the time of his life when Baron Corbin picked up the uh, guitar. Did you see that part, Blake? Yeah. Baron Corbin started singing. I don't even know what words he said. I just heard blah, blah, blah. And Corey was like, yeah. And he started doing like rock hands. Uh, I love that Mike Tyson is going to be there at the uh, AEW pay-per-view, and I suspect that he may be close personal friends with Brandy Rhodes. Um, I love the little tease of Otis cashing in at the end. I thought that was hilarious, and at that point, I was fully on board with the successful cash-in from Otis. I appreciate that Baron Corbin called out um, Drew McIntyre. So I think that's consistent with his character where he, he may not win that often against these guys, but he believes that he's amazing. And he's, I mean, we've seen a couple times where he's went right for the guy that we know is going to destroy him. Um, and then the last one is I realize after NXT this week that Matt Riddle is the one that I need to beat Adam Cole. And Matt Riddle, just in general, was a, a rave for me. Not for any of the shit that's going on in NXT right now. That's kind of lost on me. But just seeing him have so much time on TV, personality and wrestling reminded me how great he is. Greg, are you next for me? You are, buddy. So, Vanguard 1 was a sad day in wrestling. <laughs> And seeing that destroyed felt so bad for Matt. He was he's broken all over again. I enjoyed the subtle breakup of Angel Garza with Austin Theory in this group. They've been just getting manhandled by everybody. I like that Garza was basically just mocking him. And when he got Claymore kicked, he thought that was hilarious. I like that. The Karrion Cross video package was nice. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. The DX announcement thing was, I didn't know what they were building towards with that. And I thought it was going to be a little bit bigger. It was it was a very short segment, but I like what they did in the end anyway. It was still fun. They, they had their common theatrics and just their humor. I'm really excited for In Your House takeover. I, I think that was a cool announcement, and I think it makes a, a shit ton of sense given the uh, dynamic and where we're at right now. And... I really enjoyed Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. I've seen combinations of, of these women so many times, but it's been a while since I've seen these three in one ring. And I think this was a good use of this brand invitational having Charlotte on SmackDown, given everything that's going on with Bailey right now. Uh, I don't think we're going to get a clean finish next week, but I'm curious to see the match. And 
this Sasha turn that we're slowly going to get, or, or wh- wh- however this is going to go down with her and Bailey, I'm I'm still intrigued by it, and I think everything that Charlotte said is spot on. All right, so again, you guys touched on everything I had. The one thing I do want to add was to the DX announcement. I thoroughly enjoyed Shawn Michaels constantly lifting up his bandana to talk. Like, you're defeating the purpose of the bandana there. Um, so I, that, that was just hilarious to me. Um, but like you guys said, you, you've touched on everything. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. So with that, we'll get into the scores. In last place this week with negative two is NXT. And for the first time ever, the new champion of Rant and Rave, Monday Night Raw. 